0: also have to talk about a little thing that happened uh, this past weekend. Um, it was our, our men's retreat. Can y'all tell that they're a lot, ex- a lot more excited Like now that they've done it than before? Man, we had, we had so much fun. And first things first, where's my phone? First things first, make sure I get everybody's, uh, everybody's name out here. This is, this is hard to carry right now. I told you I would do it. I'm a man of my word. So in our first annual golf outing, we had, a, we had a winner. There's a little verse that said pride comes before the, somewhere, somewhere in the Bible. I'm about to drop it, break it over my knee and give it to you. I mean, I, I, okay, so I had to write the winning team down because I did not want to remember it myself. So if we could give it up. For Corey, Chaz, Patrick, and Sam for winning our first ever. Here's your trophy. I'm going set it, to set it right back over here. I will say this. They were the last team that turned in their scorecard. So, <laughs> yeah. No, we man, we had so much fun this past week, and uh, there was a, a couple things that, that kind of happened. Um, Brian Brian King said this. He said this is one of the most impactful events that the church has ever done, and it was in it was in moments of prayer, um, man. It was in moments of just hanging out with one another that that we we began to build. Relationships. Darren said this today. He said, Man, I was able to spend 36, 48 hours w- with guys, and it was like I got to, to hang out with them for six months. I learned so much about them. Yeah. There was something, there was something that happened, and, and Chaz, I'm gonna call you out because I told you I would. Uh, but we also <laughs> we had this guy named Chaz. Um, Chaz, can you wave at everybody? Can you, do you mind doing that? There you go. See, Chaz is comfortable now being here, <laughs> he's comfortable. All right, this is what happened with Chaz. So Chaz, his first time ever to the church was last Sunday. Uh, and I get a message from Chaz saying, hey, tell me a little more about the men's retreat that you mentioned. Um, I might want to go on it. So I told my wife, he's either crazy, um, he's a serial killer, or, or, man, they're really looking for a church, a church community to plug, plug into. And, and on the retreat, Chaz, you said this. You said, this is exactly what I needed in the community I was looking for. Exactly what you needed. And, and and what i know what i know is brian there's another there's another event that will rival this one and not event for event's sake but, but there's another community gathering that will happen that could really rival this one and that's our women's retreat on july the 15th here's the thing. Uh, ladies, if you're skeptical in the room, y'all are clearly excited. Uh, for anyone else who is skeptical in the room, uh, th- th- there's plenty of stories that I could, that I could share with you, but, but this is what I would challenge you with. Ask your husband or ask your boyfriend, ask your fiance if they, if they enjoyed the trip. Ask them if they would do it again. Because what I know is there were plenty of people, there were plenty of fellas who had, who had work to do. Darren, you mentioned some projects that you have going on at work and you were battling back and forth, and I think you're back there. That light is bright. Um, I'm, like, I'm like, don't go to the light. <laughs> like, you know, it's bright. But Darren had Darren had work to do when he came. Rich, Mr. Rich flew in from New York, got in his truck, and then drove four hours, and he was exhausted. But but it was life-giving. The, everyone had had a story. People were traveling, people had work stuff, people had family. Ladies, this is what this is what I need to tell you. It's worth it. It's worth building community. Fellas, it's time for you to, to, to step up to the plate. The kids are at home. You can watch the kids. I'm preaching to myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still figuring out, and I'm on number two. Like, you know. But ladies, ladies, it's absolutely important that you go. So that's coming up. So today, we've got a one-off series. We've got a one-off series today, or one-off sermon today. And if I had to title it something, I would title it, Whose Voice Are You Listening To? Whose Voice Are You Listening To? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 5, verse 37 through 41. Acts chapter 5, verse 37 through 41. While you're turning there, let me give you some background on what's going on in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, what we see is that Jesus is taken up to heaven. And he says, listen, fellas, I've got to go. He's talking to the disciples. He says, listen, fellas, I've got to go. But I'm going to send one who is greater than me, that being the Holy Spirit. And in chapter 2, what we see is we see the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And then we get to chapter 3, and at that point, there's individuals that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, so they go out proclaiming the message of Jesus. So you have Peter and John, and they start proclaiming this message. They start telling individuals that Jesus saves, that Jesus heals, that Jesus fills, and that Jesus calls. They start preaching the gospel message. And in chapter 4, Peter and John get the attention of, these, of this group of people called the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin were like the religious group or the religious sect of the day. And to be honest with you, those guys start getting jealous because what happens is as Peter and John begin to preach, individuals stop going towards the Sanhedrin for advice. They stop looking towards the religiosity of the day for advice. And they start listening to this message about Jesus. And in chapter 5, it gets a little weird up front in chapter 5. There's these two knuckleheads that die because they try to keep their possessions from God. That's a whole other story. But then people start getting healed. And then we pick up in Acts chapter 5, verse 17. And it reads like this, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. The eyes of people were off of them, so they were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them into public jail. But during the night, the angel of the Lord came and opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about what he did on the cross, So the next day, these Sadducees, I imagine that they had their best clothes on that day. I imagine that they were all prim and proper because they were making their way to the jail cell. They were going to drag out Peter and John. They were going to reprimand them publicly. They were going to question them publicly. And and I imagine there was about 10 or 15 of them. Tried to roll a little deep so they could try to intimidate Peter and John and a few of the others that they threw into jail. And I imagine when they got to the, the jail cell, they told the guard to move. <laughs> and that first one kind of peeked in like, here we go, boys. And he looked in, and he's like, um, fellas, uh, there's, there's nobody in there. And he turns to his buddies, and there's, there's, there's nobody in there. Scripture goes on to tell us they started looking for them, and started peering around, and, and where did they find them? found them in the temple court proclaiming the name of Jesus Peter and John somehow with an angel pulled a Shawshank Redemption on them got out of jail thank you for the seven of you that laughed it's my favorite movie by the way I had to to slide it in there but this is where we pick up in chapter 5 verse 27 before I read that I felt some of you judge me just now because I said my favorite movie was Shawshank Redemption (laughs) stop judging me Verse 27, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. This is what they said. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to make us guilty for this man's blood, that being Jesus. Verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Some of y'all need to get that tattooed on your arm. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. Yes. Forgive their sins. The first thing I have to ask you today is who are you taking orders from? Who are you taking orders from? Verse 28, the Saddu- Sadducees says, We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name yet, You have filled Jerusalem with the teaching, and you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. So Peter was questioned, why didn't you listen to what we had to say? Peter, we told you not to proclaim the name of Jesus. Peter, we told you that you can't share that message. Peter, Peter, we told you that if you did it again, we'd throw you back in jail. And Peter's response was pretty bold says, listen, fellas, y'all try to act all tough, but, but I'm not intimidated. I, I don't care how deep you're rolling. I don't care how many people you bring. I'm concerned with what God said. I'm concerned with what God told me to do. That will always be my response. My response will always be what has God told me, not what is society telling me. Church, your response will always come from who and what you're listening to your response will always come from who and what you are listening to and what you value comes from what you're listening to what cadence what voice are you listening to when I was in boot camp everywhere that we went was directed by our drill instructors voice had a couple of you um, comment on my shoes this morning my shoes are my boots that I had in, in boot camp when I went to boot camp for the United States Marine Corps. And, and at first, I was just going to put them on the table. and like, nah, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm wearing them. If I'm going to use this as an illustration, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear them. But, but everywhere that we went was by our drill instructor's voice. What do I mean by that? Everywhere we went, we marched. From place to place, we marched. From chow hall to training, we marched. From training to the rifle range, we marched. From the rifle range to basic warrior training, we marched. On the crucible, we marched. Everywhere we went, we marched. But it was the way we marched that made it that much more impactful. Our drill instructors would call out cadence, and with every beat, we would drive our heels into the ground, we would swing our arms, and we would lean back about as far as we could go. <laughs> if, y'all are in, if y'all have ever been to boot camp, like I'm getting chills, kind of thinking about this. But but let me give you a few of the directions that they would give us. The first one would sound something like this: They would call out, "Forward, march," and we would all take that left that left foot step and drive that heel into the ground. They would also call out other directions, so we would stand at attention and they would go left, face, and we would turn and pop and drive our heels. Say right. Face And we would turn and we would pop and we would drive our hills. Another one of the directives that they would give us was a to the rear. So to the rear, when you're marching in a straight line, means that you pivot and you turn and you go back the direction in which you were coming from. So what would happen is we would be at attention and our drill instructor would call out, Forward, march, left, right, to the rear. March, and we would take a half step and spin on a dime and go back the direction that we came. Uh, Initially, it was a little choppy, as you could imagine. Uh, Initially, we didn't really understand the voice or the cadence of our drill instructor. And to be honest with you, boot camp is chaotic. You have platoons that are everywhere. So you have drill instructors who are calling, calling out different cadences all over the place. But you have to stay in tune to your drill instructor. You have to listen to the voice that you're supposed to follow. And it looked a little something like this. I don't know about y'all, but I get some chill bumps watching that. Anybody else want to go join the military right now? I mean, we can go in the back and I start calling out cadence. But everything had to do with the voice of our drill instructor. The more time that we spent with him, the more that we marched, the more that we drilled over the course of the 13 weeks, we got better and better and better. But the better we got, the more they pushed us. The more we stayed attuned to their voice, the different instructions that they would give to us. I'll come back to that in just a few seconds. But let me ask the question, whose cadence are you listening to? Are you listening to the cadence of the world, which sounds a little like cancel culture? Are you listening to the cadence of the world that sounds a little like a woke culture? Are you listening to the cadence of the world that sounds something like you can determine and pick your own sexuality? Are you listening to a cadence of the world that says truth is relative and everyone can have their own? Are you listening to a cadence of the world that says if you lie just a little bit to get ahead, that's okay as long as too many people don't get hurt? Are you listening to the cadence of the world that says your security blanket is actually your bank account, not the word of God? Are you listening to the cadence of the world that says, do whatever you got to do to get ahead, take care of you and yours, but leave everyone else behind? Are you listening to the cadence of culture that that says material things matter? Or are you listening to the cadence and the sound of heaven? Because what I know is is Scripture gives us the cadence to heaven. Are, Are you following Scripture? Are you listening to the cadence of Matthew chapter 25 that says to take care of people? But are you also listening to the cadence of Matthew chapter 28 that says baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Are you listening to the cadence of heaven or are you listening to the cadence of the world? I know it's not always easy. I know that following scripture sometimes can can seem difficult because of what the world is throwing at us and, and Peter understood this but he went the distance he stood before the Sanhedrin and he says listen fellows, I don't care what you're saying I don't care if you tell me not to this is what I've been called to I don't care what you're telling me this is my belief I don't care what you're telling me this is what I'm anchored to this is who I am not what I do how far are you willing to go? How far are you truly willing to go? Peter says, look, man, come with whatever you want. Come with whoever you want. But we must obey the voice of God. We must obey the voice of God. When we speak, when God speaks, we have the choice to follow his voice or not. Are you listening to the voice of God? I told you the better that we got, the more our drill instructors would push us. We were actually their pride and joy. Because the, the more in sync we were, the better they looked. The more in sync we were, the better the training had paid off. We were, a, we were 70 ragtag guys that, that became United States Marines. Now, if you saw that formation in the front, there were, there were four guys in front, and the rest of the formation followed behind them. Those four individuals in front were called the squad leaders, and everything, everything uh, rose or fell on their steps. I had the privilege of being a squad leader, so I, it, it was like, I can explain it like this. I asked Justin, I said, Justin, what's a, what's a good muscle car? And Justin told me a a Chevy Chevelle. So it was like sitting in the front seat of a a Chevy Chevelle or an old antique car. And when you started the car, it just started to rumble a little bit. And and you knew the power, you knew the power that, that it had. We were mean, and we were loud, and we weren't scared of anything. Now, here's the thing our drill instructors knew it. And the better we got, the more they tested us. The the better we got, the more they would push us, so much so that they actually started playing chicken with our platoons. So you would have a group of 70 Marines marching towards another group of 70 Marines, and then we would get the order of to the rear, and they would chop and step and spin, and I kid you not, we would brush shoulders with the other platoon that was marching straight towards us. Our drill instructors wanted to see how far would you really go? How far will you go? I vividly remember, Mr. Rich, you uh, experienced this a little bit this weekend. Um, You got to see how competitive I, I really am. You thought I was blowing smoke. I didn't care if we were playing cards. We were playing spud. I didn't care what, playing golf. It didn't care what we, how fast can you get the golf clubs off the back of the cart and get them back in the truck. It didn't care what we were doing. <laughs> uh, fellas, I'm, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm competitive. And drill instructors knew that, that I was competitive too. And, and so as we played chicken, we knew that the moment was going to come. Our drill instructor told us, fellas, we're not stopping. Marines, were not stopping. So they called the order, and we began to march. And we were playing chicken with another platoon. We were platoon 1,048. And we were loud. I told you, we, we were mean. We thought that we couldn't be stopped, and they gave the order to march. And we started getting closer and closer and closer to the other platoon. And when they realized we weren't stopping, you saw it in their eyes. It got a little, it got big. Those two squads began to split, and we marched right down through the middle of the other platoon. How far are you willing to go? When the enemy tells you to stop, are you going to keep going? When the voice of culture says, hey, don't talk about Jesus that much, are you going to keep going? When your workplace says, hey, we know your beliefs, but you got you to gotta pull your beliefs off your desk. We don't want to see scripture on your desk. How far are you willing to go? Hey, hey, we know you believe in Jesus, but you can't talk about it at the water cooler. How far are you willing to go? When the government says, hey, churches can't gather, how far are you willing to go? You have to answer that question for yourself. I have to answer that question for myself. Not only that, but will you count it all joy? Verse 41 says this. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name they have been found worthy of suffering those two things don't seem to compare properly to me suffering worthy suffering worthy they don't seem to match up but Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 he says for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain Peter and Paul both got it right they said hey go ahead and do whatever you want to I'm following Jesus. Do do what you must. I'm following Jesus. Scripture says this, As for me and my house, I will follow Jesus. As for me and mine at 12547 Stonebriar Ridge Drive, Davidson, North Carolina. As for me and mine, y'all don't send me any hate mail now. (laughs) But as for me and mine, we're going to serve the Lord. Show up on my doorstep. We're going to serve the Lord. It's for me and mine. And as long as I'm the pastor of this church, for me and for mine, if I'm pastoring this church, it can be my physical family, but it's also going to be my spiritual family. As for me and mine, we're going to serve the Lord. So if you decide to be a part of this church, for me and mine, we're serving the Lord. Come hell or high water, we're serving the Lord regardless of what happens, we're serving the Lord. Well, I got one person that's going to serve the Lord. I got one that's willing to stand, but for me and mine, we're going to serve the Lord. Scripture says this in verse 42. It says that day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter where, Day after day, house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Some of us need to start opening up our mouth and tell people day in and day out that Jesus is the Messiah. Day in and day out, there's hope for your future. Day in and day out, regardless of what you're going through, there is hope. This isn't some New Year.